um, we have a deep desire to see our kids grow up and, uh, and do well. We want to see them mature and become honorable and responsible as adults. And, and, and that's our, our heartbeat as a mom and dad. We want to see them successful in every area of their life. We don't want them to go through the same mistakes we went through. We want them to do better than we ever thought we could do. And we're going to do our best. Even though we may not always succeed, we're going to do our best for our kids. There's a quote I I saw this week that that I really liked. I want to share with you. It'll be on the screen. It says, I believe that a godly home is a foretaste of heaven. Our homes, imperfect as they are, must be a haven from the chaos outside. They should be a reflection of our eternal home where troubled souls find peace, weary hearts find rest, hungry bodies find refreshment, lonely pilgrims find communion, and wounded spirits find compassion. We're in a series called Life of Faith, and we've been talking about how do we live this life of faith all the time, that we live all of our life for him, whether it be in the workplace or with God at church. And we know, well, of course, I live for God at church, but I'm talking about beyond these walls, in the workplace, in our schools, in our families. And I want to talk to you about families tonight because the Bible is clear. It says in Colossians 3.17, whatever you say, whatever you do, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to him, to God, our Father. So we're, we're called to do that. We're called to, to live that life of faith. And as we talk about families, you may say, well, I don't, I don't have children, or I'm not married, or I don't know if this is really going to apply to me tonight, but here it will. I want you to know that. And the reason is, is because we're all children of God. And so there's going to be things that you pick up from that, but we all have either maybe children or grandchildren or people that we influence in our life. We all have relationships in our life, and, and these principles go beyond this because God is saying, this is what I want you to know about what it's like to live in a family. And if nothing else, you're living in the family of God. You're fl- living with brothers and sisters in Christ. And so let's talk about this tonight, and we're going to look at the, those final verses from this section of Scripture, Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. We live Every, our whole life for God and everything we say, everything we do. And now he talks to children and to parents. It says, Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. And fathers, do not aggravate your children, or they will become discouraged. Here's the bottom line. If you want the bottom line of this message, there is a responsibility that lies upon children, and there's a responsibility that lies upon parents. When we stand before God and give an account for our life, the, God will ask us as parents, did you lead your children well? Did you teach them? Did you train them? Did you not cause them to get discouraged and to give up, but did you lead them well? And so the, the, the question God will ask parents is, did you lead? And the question that God will ask children is, did you listen? Did you listen? Did you obey? Did you heed the advice that was given? Did you submit? And as parents, I'm going to talk to you mostly tonight, although the kids can listen in. When it comes to our kids, we are teachers and stewards and and caretakers. We are not owners. God owns our children. He's the one that gives our kids to us. But he teaches us, or he gives us, I should say, the opportunity to teach our children And what I'm realizing as Luke has just turned 16 last month, how amazingly brief our time with our children really is. 
And, and, and so we, we have this great responsibility, that, and we have to raise them to know the Lord. But your children are designed to leave, not stay. And that's how God designed it. And your job is to prepare them for leaving. And so I always think about what do I want my kids to think about me when they leave, when they walk out that door. And as I've thought about that, there's a verse in Proverbs that always comes back to me again and again. It's Proverbs 17.6. And it's this, parents are the pride of their children. I guess if I had one hope for my boys is that when they leave, they'll be proud that I was their dad. And I don't know if that's going to be the case or not because those teenage years get pretty rough at times and, and things happen. But I hope someday they'll look at me and say, Dad, I'm proud that you were my dad. And I know that you want your children to be proud of you. And your child's already in the process of becoming who they will be. So that, that process has already started. So what are we going to do from here on out to raise them to be proud of us. And so I'm just going to give you some principles tonight, and, and you can write these down. And these are principles to live by in order for your kids to be proud of you. The first thing is, assure them of your love. Assure them of your love. Children need to know that your love is not something that is given and taken away. It's just something that is. That you love your children, and, and, and it will never be withdrawn based on how they look or, or what they do or, or if they're successful or unsuccessful. You just love them. That they are loved and, and that their worth is, is not based on anything. It never comes into question. That you will always love them. The thing that Leslie and I always challenge each other with is that we are the mirrors of God's love. That how we love our children is how they'll see God's love. And, and that's, a, that's a big responsibility because God just loves us. When, when they ask, when in the scripture says, he says, I love you because I love you. I mean, that's God's response. Why do you love us? I just love you because I love you. He always loves us. He'll never stop loving us. There's nothing that can separate us from his love because we belong to him and he just loves us. And that's the same thing with our kids. They need to know that we love them no matter what. We were at a sports awards banquet last night for Luke and, and uh, hundreds of kids there, all these parents there. And they're giving away all these awards for all the sports. And it's funny because we don't really have connections yet at Luke's school. And so we're starting to get to know some people. And so I don't know the kids or their parents. I'm trying to figure out who belongs to who. And, and I figured out a way to find out who belongs to who. And that is, is when you, that child's name is announced, the person who lifts up their phone to take a picture that's either mom, dad, grandpa, or grandma. Somebody, you know, because, and, and you'll know when Luke's name's announced because, man, the phone goes up and it starts videoing and taking pictures. And, and, and that's why, because he belongs to me. It's not that I don't care about all the other kids. I, yeah, I guess I really don't. But, but it's that I, I love Luke. Luke belongs to me. My kids belong to me. And I love them. And there's nothing that they can do to stop that love. It's not a love that's given and taken away. It's just there. And so assure them of your love. Number two, build strong character and godly values. Build strong character and godly values. They need to know the direction to go in life. They need to be taught how to live life according to God's word. It says in Proverbs chapter 22, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. We need to teach the book of Proverbs to our children. 
what it means to live a life according to God's way. We need to teach them the blessings and the cursings of God. That, and, and, and grace is bigger than and all of that. And we'll talk about grace at the end of the message. But, but we need to, to tell them there's a way that God wants things done. There's a way he wants life lived. And we need to train them, but we also need to be the example in that. Because they're going to follow your example, whether it's a good one or not. And the kids see so much more than you think that they do, but they catch on quickly to our habits. They catch on quickly to how we live our lives. And so our actions are going to become their actions, so let's be the example that we want to teach. Let's live our life according to God's Word. Let's build strong character and godly values in our life so that they can model them. Number three, establish clear boundaries. Establish clear boundaries. Establish them and be consistent in maintaining them. Do children like rules? No, they don't. They just want to be happy. But our job as parents is not to kind of let our kids just be happy. It's to teach them how to be happy. And the only way you're going to be happy is doing things God's way. The result of following God, that's where joy comes. That's where happiness comes. So draw those boundaries and establish them and and make a decision to set that firmly. And then you live by them as well. Be intentional about establishing clear boundaries, both in your life and in the life of your children. Number four, help them to discover their potential. Help them to discover their potential. You'll never be able to do this unless you know your child. Unless you listen to them, be close to them, watch them, see what God has placed inside of their life. And as you begin to identify their unique abilities and how God made them, you can then begin to help develop them. It says in Romans chapter 12, verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given each of us. We all have different gifts. We all are blessed with, with these abilities that, that God has given us. And, and so what is in your child? What do you need to bring out? Number five, don't try to duplicate yourself through them. Don't try to duplicate your life through your child's life. God put that child in a specific, unique moment in history. He's given that child a specific personality and sets of gifts And they are unique in that. Do not live your life through them. Do not make up for what you didn't have through them. Let them live their lives. Here's the bottom line. We don't make children into our image because they don't belong to us. We make them into the image of God because they belong to God. And as we are growing in our Christ-likeness, we should be developing that in the lives of our children as well. Number six, this is where we're going to sit for a majority of the message, is encourage them to pursue their life's vision. Encourage them to pursue their life's vision. I believe that God puts a dream, puts a vision inside the heart of every child. And we need to help them pursue that and go after that and not pour cold water over their dreams and aspirations. But when that, when that fire begins to light, instead of putting it out, we start fanning the flame. And, and we don't crush it, and we don't get aggressive, and we don't, we don't tell them all the ways it won't work. It, it's very clear that, that, a, that a harsh parent is not what God intended. And so we go there, and we, we try to develop them, and we don't discourage them. We get out of the critic's seat, and we get into the cheerleader's seat, and we begin to say, you can do it. And, and again, if you do this, they're going to be proud of you. They're going to know that you believe in them. 
And, and everyone likes to be encouraged. Everybody likes to be edified. Everybody likes to feel important or value or special. And we need to bring this principle inside of our home. It works outside as well, but, but bring it inside of our home and inside of our lives, and, and we won't believe the difference that it makes. I want to talk to you about this encouragement, or, or the Bible calls it edification. And what does it mean to edify someone? That's the Bible word, and you're going to read that over and over again. We're going to look at it tonight. What is this idea of edifying somebody? What does that mean? Well, literally, it means to build up. You might be translated encourage or, or, or the idea of uplifting someone, but the, the bottom line definition of edification is building up. And the Bible has a lot to say about building up and, and making strong in our life and others' lives and our family's life and our children's life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. That's your call, to encourage each other and to build each other up. Ephesians 4, 29, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That our words aren't meant to tear down, but to build up. Romans 14, 19 says, So let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. You're going to notice as you walk through the New Testament, especially when it comes to the family of God, that there's this constant talk of edification, building up and making strong. There's a biblical mandate. You have it. I have it. We all have it. doesn't matter if you're a mom or dad or a kid. We all have this calling to build up and to edify. But it's so much more than just saying nice things to someone or, or, or trying to, to encourage someone. There's a benefit that comes from this, and we're called as parents to use our maturity and our influence to encourage our family. What if we built up and encouraged and edified our, our family, and, and we did it, you know, we, what if we, we just built up our spouse in the eyes of our children? What if we, we built up our, our children in front of their siblings? What if we, we edified those other people in their lives, other relatives, teachers, different people, that, that, that kids should be looking up to? What if we edified them in our conversation instead of tearing everyone down? You'll be amazed when you begin to, to build up and you begin to edify the people around you. The changes will be staggering. We can create that atmosphere of saying, you know what, uh, God's blessed you with gifts and, and just continually encouraging and speaking life into them and, um, because no one else in the world is going to do it. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it, it's, it's common sense that the world is a negative place, that it's full of negativity, and, and, and you, you don't have to look far around you. I mean, just whether it be at school and all the bullying that's happening. I just saw an article tonight before I walked down here about bullying in the workplace and all these things. We are constantly, constantly torn down in the world in which we live. But we can do something about that. We can change that if we get the spirit of edification upon us. Imagine if we lived in a culture of honor and encouragement and edification. Imagine how great it would be if everyone around you just used this to build each other up. Imagine your relationships. Imagine your family. Imagine your workplace. Imagine your life if there was this positive environment all around you. And the thing is, is you get to set the environment around you. You get to begin to, you can cultivate what you want inside of your home. You can cultivate what you want inside of your family and inside of your life. 
You set the environment everywhere you go and in everything. And so we should have this attitude that that I'm going to encourage and I'm going to build up. And the reason we want to do this is because there is no downside to doing this. I mean, you can't, it's like, well, I don't want to do this because somebody might take advantage or whatever. No, everybody needs this. We all need this. It's going to create harmony in our homes. It's going to bring honor to our homes. It's going to bring teamwork to our families. And, and really, honestly, don't we want to see our kids do their best? Don't we want to see our spouses do their best? I mean, don't we really want the best for the people that God has placed in our life? But the reality is, is most of us won't edify other people because we're too full of pride. We don't really want to do it. We don't want to build anybody else up. Maybe by building somebody else up, I'll, I'll feel less about myself. But, but here's the bottom line. I really want you to get this tonight. This is the important part. Is this idea of edification or encouragement, this idea of building up, it's not about you. So you say, well, I don't feel like doing it. No, really, it, it's not about you. I understand that the people that are closest to us can drive us crazy. That there are moments that, that we literally can't stand the people that are closest to us. We are disappointed by them. We're brokenhearted by them sometimes. But it's not about you. It's about helping them become who God wants them to be. Edification isn't about what you get out of it. It's about what you're giving to someone else. That's why it's a mandate in the church. It's a mandate so that we will see others become who God called them to be. We will pull the best out of them. And in the process, this is what is amazing, we will begin to reap what we sow. See, it's not about you, but you do receive something from it. Rich talked about it last week so eloquently that a lot of times in our relationship, when we come to those hungers or those longings that, that, that we have in our life, when we meet someone else's longing, somehow it comes back to us as well. That somehow we reap what we sow. Amazing, isn't it, that God says that in his word, but we reap what we sow, and as we sow encouragement, we reap encouragement. Maybe not even in a thank you from our kids, but watching them become who God called them to be. And there's nothing greater than that. And so edification is not about us. It's about other people. But we need to do it because it will change us. I'm going to tell a story on myself, and I feel free to do that because Mark and and Kelly are here, and they're in my accountability group. And uh, they pointed out to me one night, not so encouragingly, but they pointed out to me that I didn't do this well, that, that I wasn't good at giving encouragement. I wasn't good at giving compliments. And, and, and as much as I fought it, they were right. I didn't do a good job at this. And I, I, I tried to analyze why. I just maybe thought, well, hey, if somebody's just doing their job, I guess that's what they get. They get, you know, but, but again, I needed to do it. And so they gave me an assignment. That for, for, I had to, before we met next, the next time, I had to encourage 10 people. I had to give like a card or a call or something and encourage 10 people. Didn't want to do it, but I took it on. And, um, and I didn't, you know, you don't want to be fake with praise. You don't want to just like, oh, you're so wonderful. You know, but, but I really began to think, who can I write? write a note to. I sat down at my desk the next day, okay, got to write a couple notes today. I got to do 10 of these before the next time we meet. So a couple people. And I began to write. 
and, and sent them out. And you know what happened? I really liked it. I felt good. Something happened. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know what I was afraid of. I don't know why I didn't do it. But something happened inside of me. And what I think it is, is that we're actually applying 1 Corinthians 13 to our life. And I preached about that about a month ago. You can listen online if you want. But I, I walked through 1 Corinthians 13 where we're talking about marriage. And, and all these things about God's love and then our love for others. And, and um, as we went through 1 Corinthians 13, it, it just dawned on me that, you know what? That's what it's all about. It's about loving someone else. It's about encouraging somebody else. You notice in that passage of Scripture, and I mentioned it, is that when it talks about love, love is never tearing someone else down. It's always building them up. Even in the negative things that what love is not, it's always encouraging. It's always building up. It's always making stronger. And so that's our call. That's your call uh, to, to be somebody that encourages and edifies. And you may say, well, this is, it's just too hard. You know, Daryl, you don't understand uh, what I go home to. I don't go home to the nice Christian home that you go home to. So this won't work for me. And, and I want to say, yes, it does. And let me tell you why. Is because our relationships, whether it's a, a, a relationship with your spouse or with your kids or even coworker relationships, any relationship in your life, you know what your, your relationships are, are meant to do? They're meant to make you more Christ-like. When, when Paul is talking about this in Ephesians chapter 5, and he's talking about the marriage relationship and husbands loving their, their wives, but then he kind of slips into the Christ in the church. And it, we, it's a very difficult passage to actually figure out. Is he talking about marriage or is he talking about Christ in the church? And he talks about presenting blameless. And really, it, it's talking about both marriage and Christ in his church. And when you think about it, that, that, that my job in, in the marriage relationship is to make Leslie more Christ-like, and her job is to make me more Christ-like. That, that kids are in my life, that I'm called to make them more Christ-like, but they're also making me more Christ-like in the process. And so I'm called to encourage them, because what does Christ do? He loves you. He loves you no matter what. He will never stop loving you. There is nothing that can separate you from his love. He wants to bless you. I mean, when you think about Jesus, he, he the children. I mean, he, he, anybody, any brokenhearted person, he just loved them. Any sick person, he healed them. I mean, Jesus just was, he was there for anybody who needed him. And that's how we need to be with our family. That's how we need to be with the closest relationships of our life. Because it may be hard, but we're going to become more like Christ as we do it. And that's our calling. And, and in the process, even though it's difficult for you, that process is making you more like Christ. So you're called to encourage. And so I'm going to set you on a mission this week. Your assignment this week, and we're going to call it Operation Edify. All right? So put that on the screen. Write this down. Operation Edify. That's your operation this week with your spouse, with your children, with your coworkers, with the people you come in contact with, that you're going to call to encourage and to build up and to, and to save those life-giving things to them. And don't get discouraged when it doesn't go well or when things, you know, just like, oh, they just, they don't seem to accept it. Just keep going. Don't get weary in doing good. This is our mandate. Don't give up. And the problem is we are going to fall flat on our face and we aren't going to do this well sometimes. And so this is what we need to say to our kids. We just need to say, you know what? I'm learning to parent as we go. I don't think our kids understand that. I mean, I think they think we're like, we, kids think we know what we're doing. 
and we are just learning on the job. And you need to tell your kids, you know what? I am learning how to be a parent, and um, sometimes I'm not very good at it. But I want to be better because you deserve a great parent. When you begin to get vulnerable and, and honest and say, son, daughter, are, are you willing to help me be a better parent? That's going to melt some walls. That's going to bring you closer. And we need to be that honest with our kids. And you want to know why? Because then they'll be able to see what grace looks like. Because we're called with a mandate to always build up and always, you know, and, and I hate to use the word positive, but that, it, that's what it is. It's positive, and we need to build up, and we need to encourage, and sometimes we're not going to do that, but that's where grace comes in. We sang about it tonight in, in the songs, that, you know, his grace, it, it, there's, there's only one way to do this, and that's with grace, and so you know what, God, I need your grace, because I'm, I'm not going to do this perfect with my wife. I'm not going to do this perfect with my boys. I'm not going to do this perfect with everybody around me, but I, 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 I want to be like you, Jesus, because you love everybody, and you speak life wherever you go. And I want my kids to be proud of me when they leave the house. And I want them to know that I was always behind them, and I will always be behind them. And even though they are, they are destined to leave, and God's put that inside of them, and someday they'll go, that I will always love them. And God will always love them. Well, we've been talking about, since the beginning of the year, this life of faith, this, this works when we put it into practice, whether it be in, in our closest relationships with our marriages and families, or we put it at work, or we put it into our school, wherever we put it, it works. I want to read a verse before we're done here. And uh, it's Colossians chapter 1, verse 6. It's right at the beginning of the, the book that we, we've taken everything out of. Even though we've been in chapter 3, look at what chapter 1, verse 6 says. It says, the same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. The word good news there is gospel, but, but there's a sentence in there that says, it is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. If you have a Bible, I'd love you to highlight that or underline that. That when we put this into practice, it bears fruit, and it changes our lives. And if you take even the simple things that we talked about tonight, it will bear fruit and change your life and the lives of those around you. This works. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me tonight? I'm just going to give us a moment to pray. And then we're going to send you on your mission. But I want you to begin to think about it. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do this. I'm, I'm not going to talk much here because uh, we're going to pray in, in just a moment. But um, I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit tell you where this message needs to begin in your life. Maybe it's with your spouse. Maybe it's with your children or maybe one specific child. Maybe it's with someone close to you. Maybe it's somebody at work. Maybe it's with you and your relationship with God. 
that you need to hear his voice of love and grace and encouragement. But I'm going to let the Lord speak to you, and so we're going to just um, have some quiet worship music start, and I'll pray, and then you just spend some time with the Lord. Holy Spirit, we wait on you tonight to speak to our lives. God, just show us now where this message should start for each one of us. Show us, God, how we're to build up and edify. And then, Lord, uh, I just pray that you'd give us the strength and the courage, the boldness and the ability to go out and, and live this. So, Lord, just speak to us for the next few minutes about how and where and who to start this message with. something a little bit different tonight um, as we go, but just as we, as we pray to close our service together, um, I'm going to give you the blessing tonight, and if you notice in the blessing that we give every week at the conclusion of our time together, just how much encouragement is in that. And so I'm going to ask you to do something tonight, and um, it's not going to be for everybody because not everybody has a spouse or family member here, but, but if your spouse is here or your, or your kids are here or whatever, I'm just going to ask you to hold hands tonight right now because I'm going to give the blessing of the Lord, and this blessing is over your family, and I want it to be a blessing that, that you give to each other as well. So I'm just going to ask you to do that right now as we receive the blessing before we pray. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Thank you, God. May that blessing be in our families, with our children, with our neighbors. 
call us to love as we love ourselves. For everyone, Lord, we want to live that life of blessing. Thank you, God. Lord, as we just uh, prepare for the the weeks ahead, and Lord, as we look to the future, we we pause right now to just look behind and, and see where you brought us from. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for your grace and your love that's always been in our life. God, that you just care about us and your heart is to build us up and to shower us with your grace. Lord, I pray that uh, we could say as Paul that it's bearing fruit in our life. It's changing our life. We want to see it changed every day in new ways. We want to be more like you. Teach us to be strong when it's difficult. Give us courage when we're full of fear. Help us to never give up even when we're weary. And God, help our children to be proud of us when they walk out that door. Because God, we are so proud and blessed and honored to have you as our God. We love you, Lord, tonight. We just love you, God. So God, help us to love others as you have loved us. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Before we go tonight, if um, all of this begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's the only way we can be right with, with God, our Heavenly Father. And so... If you've never made a commitment to, to have a relationship with Jesus and uh, you want to do that, we just have a packet up here. You can come up and take it. It's got a Bible. It's got a prayer to pray. It's got so much great information about following Jesus. You won't want to miss the next two weeks because we're going to be talking about Jesus all the next two weeks. It's going to be great. Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. But you can come and learn more about him. But if you want to follow him, I want you to take a packet with you as you go. If you're watching or listening and you want a packet, you can just... Uh, uh, right here or email us, call us, we'll get it to you. But um, we want to have that right relationship with God. And I want you to think about who you can invite in the next couple of weeks uh, to meet Jesus. Um, because there's no one that you know that is better off without Jesus in their life. So would you stand as we go tonight? God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for our families. Thank you for being our God, our Heavenly Father. Uh, thank you for uh, all the great things you're doing in our life, in our church. And God, we can't wait to see what else you have in store for us, God. So uh, keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again as the church and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to step out to the lobby because the Ascension Convention is coming. Many of you haven't signed up yet because you said, well, I'm going I'm to uh, sign up closer to the date. We need to know this week if you're able to help. If you can help in any way, even being an usher or something and at the services. A lot of people are coming. We need a lot of help. I'll meet you out in the lobby to sign you up. But God bless you. And uh, thanks for coming tonight. We'll see you Wednesday night at the...